Welcome to another Mother Runner. I'm Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm delighted to be joined by Dimity McDowell. Hello, Hello. Dimity. Hello. Are you you're still ringing from the 4th of July, Sarah? <laughs> you know, we had a pretty calm one. Even, I mean, Augie, my French bulldog, just zonked and didn't wake up nothing so it was it was pretty tame and also i went on a um, bike ride the following morning and mainly because i was looking for change because last year on july oh. 5th i had oh <laughs> you know, like so, parse all the parks and everything yeah and and there was very little um detritus from uh you know fireworks oh so i don't know interesting yeah interesting yeah detritus detritus i that's a good that's a good 25 cent word i know what that is that's garbage that's garbage. <laughs> it is leftover yeah yeah leftover like remains of something i thought you were commenting i always pause because i have trouble pronouncing that word oh. um and so th- then alex was giving me this quizzical look and i realized that it wasn't he wasn't questioning my pronunciation yeah, he just detritus yeah he needs a hyperlink on that word. word. Yeah, I like that word. That's one of my- You've said it once before. You've said it on the podcast, I mean, and I oh. remember thinking, oh, she said it so well. Oh. <laughs> I was in awe. It's one of my many, one of my many skills is I can think of without, without feeling awkward. <laughs> so uh, so you now have a, another driver in your I family. I do a monumental shift. I mean, it is shift has changed yeah actually it is a shift a stick of time um yeah amelia turned 16 a couple of weeks or at the end of july end of june i'm sorry end of june and um of course had her driver's license test scheduled for four o'clock that day passed um according to nice. the, the driver she's a good driver i was like uh-huh. i don't want to take <laughs> prescription um you know renewed but um yeah no the, the biggest thing i mean it is, I've been thinking about it a lot because I mean, right now she is at volleyball practice and I didn't have to take her. I didn't have to adjust my life to take her there uh-huh. at 1230 or have her get there at 1230 and pick her up at four. This is summer high school volleyball now because club volleyball just ended on Saturday. So, you know, high school volleyball has to start on Monday, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, like 48 hours, not even. Um, but that is such a I mean, it makes me really sad when I think about it because, oh my gosh, she was just this fat little babe that was like wandering around the house, you know, and mm-hmm. now she's like driving a stick shift down to high school to play volleyball. And, but oh, wow. it yeah. is um, also, oh my gosh, like, I just feel like I just have gobs of time. Like I, I just <laughs> really feel, especially with the school year starting. I mean, I've talked, I can't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast, but you know, both the kids go to out of district schools, which is a choice we made and it's a good choice overall, but holy cow, the driving, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. And it seems like you, this. seems you have been spending a lot of time in the car the past year in particular. Yeah. Well, Sarah, I mean, cause we both got our Chrysler Pacificas at the same time. And I think yeah. you're like, oh, and I just got to 10,000 and I looked at my, and we were at 22. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I'm up to almost 30,000, you know, I mean, oh, well, oh. It is yeah. just a lot of miles. And granted, we've driven to, you know, we drove to Park City a couple of times. I mean, but it was still, it, overall, it's just been a lot of miles. So, yeah. And I mean, yesterday afternoon, Ben's present to her for her birthday was like a day together. And um, they went to the mall together and like came home and, you know, they both <laughs> made purchases. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, again, it is very awesome to see them, you know, fly and, and do their own thing. But I'm like, wait a second, no we go to them all together. Like I buy things for you. This isn't, this isn't okay. You know? Oh, so, oh it's bittersweet. It is. It's bittersweet. Oh. That's a good word. And I know how to pronounce that one too. So. <laughs> right. Those compound words. We got those yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Oh, that's but it's fine that that um because Phoebe, who is almost a year and a half older than Amelia, so Phoebe will turn seventeen and a half later this week, and she doesn't even have her permit yet. Oh, um, wow! Because that's she, not interesting to her, or it's it that's a perfect way of summing it up. She's you know she loves the public transportation in Portland. She's very proficient at it. And I just wasn't pushing it in sure. term like, but, but now she does, she babysits a lot. And there's a family that she adores babysitting who live, um, I don't know, maybe a mile away and she's always running late. So, Oh, can you give me a ride? And okay. So that doesn't take all that much time, but I'm just like, really? Like, wow. If you could just, and then they have to drive her home. Sure, sure. And so then last night I couldn't false. I was just, my mind was racing. I'm like, okay, think about something else. And then I'm like, okay, think about Phoebe getting her permit and then trying to figure out where parking lots are that are big and that won't have cars in them that she can practice in. Yes. So I just, so the crazy thing is I realized there's this part of Portland. It's a very industrial part. Portland has tons of parking lots like that. I only know how to run and bike there. I'm not sure I know how to drive <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. A good little puzzle for so, you guys to decode. So then when I was fretting about that, I, Finally, I had, to, I had to tell my brain to shut up. I'm like, don't worry. Molly will help you figure out how to drive there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not that's too so far funny. From work. <laughs> I mean, Amelia's like, I mean, parking is definitely the thing that is befuddling to her the most. And she's like, I'm never going anywhere where there's not like, you know, rows and rows of parking and I can just drive through. And I'm like, okay, yeah. okay. And I, I mean, there's still times where I'm like, I'm not fitting in that, you know, like yeah, yeah. I still get like a little tight, but. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I remember those first moments of driving where you're just like, um, you know, things that that are just scary. Parking is one. I mean, and she does yeah. drive a stick shift. I wanted her to, um, you know. You want her to learn a dying art. I mean. Yeah. Well, except for someone said, but now you can go on the amazing race if it ever comes up. And I was like, oh, yes, I can. So, um, well, it was a little bit of the dying art, but then it's also, um, and I realized that, you know, I'm trying to like kill a multi-headed snake, but you know, she cannot be as much on her phone, you know, or the possibility of being, you know, I hope a distracted driver, but when you're driving a stick Mm -hmm. shift, that's a little bit less of an option. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You thought of, you thought of it all. I thought of it all. Well, yeah, Yeah. you know, it's still going to happen and it's going to just be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, uh, Phoebe and I, and a good friend of Phoebe's, drove down to San Francisco to spend a week, uh, a little over a week in, in a friend's apartment. And so the friend knows how to drive, but Phoebe doesn't. And, you know, I was like, oh, and I thought I kept waiting for like a part of the drive on I-5 from Portland to San Francisco, where it was a straight shot, but with not much traffic. And the only portion of the drive that's like that is the early stages. And I wasn't going to be like half an hour out of the city, be like, hey, Ainsley, it's your turn to drive now. <laughs> I'm real tired. You take it from here. To yeah, right. And so I, so I drove the, so, you know, 10 and a half hours down and a little under 10 on the way back. Woo-hoo! I was really cruising. In one day, did you do them both in one day? Oh, yes, definitely. Oh, yeah. And we left um, at 6.01 the first day for on the way down and 5.58 on the way back. Oh. So we were aiming for a 6 a.m. departure. You did it. You did it. Thank you very nice. much. Yes. Nice. Well, awesome. Yeah, well, should yeah. we jump in? Should yeah. we drive on over to our podcast? 
We should. We should. This episode is a follow-up of two popular ones that aired this spring, the Weighty Matters episodes. And as promised, we're touching base with the women in those episodes to see how they're doing, making lifestyle changes and nutritional alterations. We're also being joined by Stephanie Howe-Violet. And oh yeah, she's the 2014 winner of the Western States 100. We'll be back with Stephanie and the first of the Weighty Matters women after this quick break. Stick around. First up, we have Stephanie Howe-Violet, who, as I mentioned, is the 2014 winner of the Western States 100 in her first 100-mile race, we might add. Stephanie has a PhD in nutrition, so now she's designing a training, racing, fueling nutrition program for the Train Like a Mother Club. Stephanie worked with Emily Cooley, who you might remember is a mom of two from Colorado who lost 100 pounds in 2016. Three years later, Emily is now training for her first marathon. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Hi. Stephanie, let's start with you. Um, do you want to give us a brief bio of you as a nutritionist? Um, we know, <laughs> Sarah did some research, and we know that your doctoral dissertation focused on the role of exercise and appetite in developing ideal fueling recommendations for mother runners and other active people. So, mm-hmm. like, hi, jackpot right here. <laughs> yeah, well, nutrition is really my passion. And um, as an athlete myself, I, I really value the... Um, interconnectedness of nutrition and um, endurance sports or just being active in general. And so, yeah, my PhD really spoke focused on sports nutrition and fueling for active females. And um, I've just kind of continued that passion to um, work with people to really dial in their nutrition to help support their goals. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. And you, you mostly work with athletes in your private practice. Is that right? Mostly. I, I, well, okay. I would say like 60, 60% are athletes. Yeah. Okay. And are they all runners or is it? No, no. All over the board, mostly endurance athletes, um, like endurance sports, I guess. And, uh, kind of anywhere from high school up to age 70. So pretty big range. Nice. Nice. So Emily, welcome back. And you got to tell us how training is going and remind us what marathon you're prepping for. I'm prepping for St. George. Um, so I just finished my half marathon on um, July 4th, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt really strong good. and good the entire time. Um, so it was great. Uh, I didn't get nice. the PR I was hoping for, but I definitely felt good and felt fully fueled and awesome the entire time. So it was great. Nice. Well, and July 4th, I mean, I, I got to be frank, Emily, it's not an awesome time to go for a PR. True. <laughs> you know, I know we're in dry cool Colorado. I'm just saying like, let's, let's, let's take that race course and put it in October and we might see that PR, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, well, so remind us a little bit of um, what you're working on. You know that you, we obviously know that you're doing training for your first marathon, but talk about it in relation to your weight and kind of how you want to be physically. Um, so ideally, I mean, I would like to probably be down 10 pounds from where I'm at for, by my marathon, which is in October, October the 5th. Um, but right now I'm really focusing on just, you know, getting there as far as endurance wise and getting my long runs in and doing strength training. Um, and also just making sure that my body is properly fueled without gaining in the meantime as well. Sure. Sure. Well, and Stephanie, when we talked to you, when our first podcast for this, you were um, out getting um, some surgery in Sweden. Mm-hmm. On your hand, you know? So you were, you were gone, but um, 
or on your Achilles, was it on your Achilles? Achilles, yeah. Okay, yep, yep. Um, and it's better now, right? Or it's healing well? It's healing, yeah. Yeah, it was okay. a good surgery. Okay, so, but we got some recommendations from you and you, and kind of, can you kind of do like a high level um, about kind of what you recommended for Emily? It was definitely a lot about just maintaining status quo, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's tricky because nutrition for weight loss versus nutrition for optimal training and performance are at opposite ends of the spectrum. And so it's all about finding that balance and really prioritizing the nutrients needed um, to be an endurance athlete and also being careful with, you know, the impact of appetite hormones that come into play um, when you increase training load. And so I think that was, you know, my, my uh, recommendations were to really hone in on the needs with the increased amount of activity without, you know, going overboard um, because that's a tough balance to strike. Well, because her metabolism, just to, again, to just kind of revisit a minute, like it is definitely, um, we are in Emily version 2.0 right now because of that, <laughs> right. that weight yeah. loss, right? Right. And it's really incredible to be able to take that much weight off and keep it off. I mean, it's, you know, it takes a lot of discipline and determination and knowing that your body does change when you go through a process like that. Yeah. So the, so the information that you gave her might be a little bit different than somebody who's taking on the marathon who hasn't gone under such a transformation, but exactly. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Emily, how have Stephanie's recommendations worked for you in the real world as you've been training? Um, I liked that she mentioned um, like adding between 200 and 500 calories because it just gave me a number instead of just being like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm training. So I'm going to eat a lot more food. <laughs> Um, so I think that really helped me. And then just listening to my body when I was hungry, I would eat more obviously. Um, but trying to make smarter choices as far as what I was eating. Um, like one thing that I know she mentioned was like whole wheat, avocado toast and carrots and hummus, things like that, that would keep me full without packing on the pounds too. Mm-hmm. So have that been some of the things? So when you think of that 250 to 500 calorie are there, do you have kind of go-tos like, you know, I don't know, 10 baby carrots and two tablespoons of hummus or something like that? Yeah. I mean, or I'm, how do you... That's actually something I would do. Or, um, also I get like the Sarah, we whole wheat, whole wheat toast and then just do some avocado and maybe like a poached egg or something on top of it. Um, mm. to give me some satiety as well as keeping me going, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love a good egg on top of oh, top of avocado toast. <laughs> Pretty much any time of day. It can be breakfast. It can be lunch. You know, a light dinner if the kids maybe are out. Something. It's very versatile. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Versatile. Yeah. Stephanie, you're a big fan of eggs, right? I mean, we were just talking yeah. about what you like for a pre-race meal. Talk about or pre or or a long run meal. What do you like to eat? right before yeah. that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think eggs are great because they're a very high quality source of nutrition. They're versatile in how you prepare them. Um, and my favorite, I was just saying my favorite pre-run meal is rice, eggs, and avocado. Uh, I mean, that's basically the same as like toast, avocado, and eggs. <laughs> you can yeah. switch out the grain, but yeah, I think they're a great high quality protein. That's pretty easy to find. Um, you know, wherever you are across the country, or if you're traveling, um, Mm -hmm. just a good staple to have. And one of the keys I just wanted to mention too, that um, Emily brought up was like pairing the low energy dense 
food choice, like um, that will be fruits and vegetables, like the carrots with some sort of fat and protein because the fat and protein is going to keep you full for longer. So it's, it's really important to have that pairing because like 10 baby carrots isn't really going to do much in terms of satiation. It's going to probably make you feel hungrier within the next like, you know, 30 to 40 minutes. So the, the pairing with the protein and, and um, fat is, is key. Yeah, that's one thing I found is that I need a fat, like a healthy fat, in addition to whatever else I'm eating in order to stay full longer. Yep. So would another example of that, Stephanie or Emily, from your real world experience be, I mean, apples with almond butter or peanut butter, or what would be some other examples of that? Yep, that's a great one. Um, That's probably one of my favorites. Um, Full fat or low fat yogurt is another good one, Um, rather than like fat free. You can pair that with some berries or something. Um, I mean, nuts uh, and seeds are a great uh, addition. They're just, you know, you have to be mindful because it's sometimes easy to just like snack on handful after handful of nuts. So really making sure it's a portioned out size. Um, I mean, avocados are probably one of my favorite fats to add to anything. Especially with some good salt and pepper. They got to have yes. a little seasoning on they them. They do, yeah. <laughs> or some they lime. do have to have uh-huh. some salt on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or lime juice. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Emily, um, as you travel along, I mean, so you really got through your half marathon and now you're really staring down the bulk of marathon training, as we've talked about, through the hottest months. So, mm-hmm. I mean, have you, you hit speed bumps um, at all with your half marathon training? And um, if so, is there any that we can help you over? And what are you looking forward to as you're going to increase your mileage? Um, I didn't really have any speed bumps, just um, trying to find the time, um, adjusting my schedule so that I could squeeze in my long runs. Um, and now with marathon training, I'm obviously going to have even longer runs. So um, yeah, I've just invested in a vest to wear so I can, when I'm running in the dark. <laughs> um, yeah. So things like that, um, just rearranging my schedule is going to probably be my, my biggest hurdle, but I think it's doable. So. And so you feel like you have a groove right now as far as um, like how to fuel, fuel yourself and any for enjoyment too, right? I mean, that's important as well. Yeah. We, we went to Del Frisco's last night. So <laughs> I had okay. Awesome. What's Del Frisco's again? It's a really good steak restaurant in Denver. So it was my friend's okay. birthday that we celebrated, but. Back on track today. So, yeah. Yeah. Great. So, so Stephanie, you alluded to, you know, that Emily has this um, special circumstances or, um, or somewhat unique circumstances of having that significant weight loss and then also wanting to um, maybe lose a few more pounds while training. So, but because we hear from so many women who are training for a half or a full marathon who are struggling to keep, you know, probably a, a smaller weight loss off. Um, but there's still, you know, so many women embark on those training for those races as a way to lose a few pounds. So what advice do you give to people like that? Yeah, they just need to know that your appetite is not going to necessarily match what your needs are. I think mm. we get into this, this um, mindset where it's like, oh, I did a long run today so I can eat whatever I want. <laughs> and although your energy needs are higher, they're not that much higher that you can just go bonkers. So I think, you know, building in a little bit extra fuel, um, and that can be in the form of, you know, something 
you know, I don't want to say like indulgent, but it can be, you know, you can have a cookie for dessert mm -hmm. or something like, but not letting it be uh, an excuse to just like, <laughs> you know, open the floodgates. So nutrition still has to be pretty dialed and you have to be able to understand that, um, you know, the training requires more energy, but your appetite is probably going to be responding higher than what your actual needs are. A little bit of a disparity. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that that's it's tough. That's I was going to say that is so hard because especially when you're out there working and working and working and often you think about, I mean, I know when I was running a lot of miles, I was like my last at least two or three miles was, what am I going to have to eat today? What am I going to eat today? What am I going to eat today? You know? And so to come home and be like, okay, I'm going to have a piece of avocado toast. And I realize that's a little bit for, for drama. I mean, you mm -hmm. I would definitely eat more than that, but it is, it's hard to be like, oh, I deserve this. Right. It's hard to turn off that right. sometimes. And it's uh, one recommendation I give people is to just fuel well in general. Like don't go through those periods where you're not eating enough because then it's just going to be like a, a rebound effect. So, you know, eat breakfast before you run, um, eat a good dinner the night before a long run so that you don't get home and you're just ravenous because then it's really hard to make good choices and to, you know, eat the right quantity. It's kind of like riding the midline rather than going to the extremes. And what are your opinions on like um, carb loading, like before a long run? Is that something I should be doing or should I still be kind of making, you know, fitting in my calorie allotment? Yeah, you, um, you definitely don't need to think of it as like carb loading the night before. You, you want to have enough glycogen stores, which comes from carbohydrate, but you can get that by fueling well throughout the week rather than, you know, just trying to get in a bunch right before the long run because that's not going to sit very well. It'll probably make you feel a little bit sluggish. So I would just focus on eating as you normally would with the, the, sh the only shift I would make is the night before less fiber um, because fiber, you know, the morning of a long run or a race that doesn't usually sit very well. So I avoid cruciferous vegetables or anything that might you know, like legumes or beans that might cause more fiber or gas. Um, but you don't really need to, to change too much otherwise. And then Emily, I'm just curious, are you fueling during the word, the, the verb fueling is so weird. Like, I don't, I don't, I wish we had a better word. I guess <laughs> eating, I mean, I guess eating, eating is a basic yeah. word, but how, how are you eating during your runs? Do you fuel, do you eat pretty regularly? So I calories? usually, uh, for every hour I'm out there, I'll have a gel. Um, so I like the honey stinger gels, but I just have one of those for every hour I'm out. You want to correct her, Stephanie, or do you want? Um, yeah, yeah. So that's a really good start. Um, and with marathon training, your fuel intake is going to be even more important. So um, it would be better if you could get about 200 calories an hour. So that would be two gels oh, an hour. Okay. Yep. Yep. And it's um, you know it's one of those things where you know, it sounds like it's not that much different, but you'll feel the difference when you get like, you know, hour three into a run. Um, yeah, that takes a lot out of you. So those extra calories and they're going to be used for the activity there. It's not like you're, you know, storing them. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. They don't go into your calorie count as we talked about. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, and they will, boy, they will make such a difference in those mm-hmm. later miles. I mean, I mean, Definitely. don't need to tell you that, obviously, Stephanie, but it just, uh, and if you don't take them in early enough, boy, then that, you know, 19, 20, 21 and beyond is just going to feel that much more challenging. Yeah. So yeah. do you think yeah. like two every hour is a good pace or should I do, should I go off of the miles that I have in or what do you think? You should do it off time because that, that takes into the, into account how fast you can process glucose in an hour. So yeah, definitely use time. I, I just like to do every 30 minutes because okay. that's just easy. And if that's hard to remember, you can put like a timer on your watch or your, your phone and just have it beep to kind of get you in the habit of it. Um, but yeah, do, do it off time and not miles. So you would do one gel every 30 minutes instead of? Yep. Okay. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and you can mix it up too if you want to use like blocks. Um, you know, they're very similar to gels. A sleeve of blocks is about 240 calories. So you yeah. could do like two or three blocks every 30 minutes. So I don't have a gallbladder. <laughs> so some gels react not well with my stomach. So, um, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, try different types. Okay. The, the thing with um, when you're running, they don't have to be digested. So with, okay. like the gallbladder, that's usually to break up fat and protein. So they should just be absorbed across your stomach if you're using like um, a gel that's like maltodextrin, okay. like simple sugar. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Sweet. Good, good. Well, yeah. So Emily, we want to, we'll, we'll, uh, we definitely want to hear about your race. If not, if we don't hear from you before that. Yeah. Um, and Stephanie, thank you for weighing in as an expert. As you can tell, she's got some good, really good insight and help as far as performance goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks ladies. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Our next guest is Jennifer Summers, a mother runner in her late forties who feels bedeviled by belly fat. Welcome back, Jennifer. Hi. Hello, sweet Jennifer. Um, give us a, a quick summary of what your concerns were when we talked to you a couple months ago. Okay. So to summarize, I was gaining just little by little um, weight over the years, uh, mainly in my belly. Um, and I did, you know, it, actually, after I talked through it with you guys, realized that a lot of things were happening inside my head that I didn't appreciate. I was feeling uh just a little bit slow, not excited. Um, just things weren't right in my head. Mm-hmm. So just, just a little hormonal imbalance, um, that I was actually working through with a doctor, um, and still am, you know, and I think all of those together were just keeping me from being the person who I knew I wanted to be. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Because, um, Ellie Kempton, the, our dietitian that's in the train, like a mother club, she gave you numerous suggestions about fighting back against belly fat. And so what were some of those things and whether following those suggestions has paid off for you? It sounds like some of them are mental as well as physical. Both. Yes. Um, so a few of the things kind of combined with eating and mental, uh, I know Ellie spoke highly of a morning routine and I'm just like poo poo on that. And then <laughs> I, um, I thought, well, I'm the one that turns on the news. So maybe I won't do that. And, um, full disclosure, you know, I am also working with Ellie's partner, Jen in Simply Nourished. And she, um, suggested changing up my coffee. I was a really adamant 
coffee before, you know, I could even open my eyes kind of girl with creamer and it was just luscious coffee. And she says, that's the first thing we're going to fix. And, um, so I took the sugar out of my coffee and added some fat to it. So both of those things made a remarkable difference on how like my day started. I know we talked about meditation, but meditation, I still can't consistently get that done. It is on the list sure, and it does help. Um, but those two things made a really big difference. Just but taking away the sugar hit first thing in the morning yeah. and the hit with whatever was happening in the news on any given day. Yeah. What, um, what did you add to your coffee? I'm curious. I use a sweetener called Swerve, which I think is erythritol, but Jen said, Oh, it's good. And I was like, okay. Swerve. And um, (laughs) And what fat did you add? A coconut creamer. And I also put collagen in it. Okay. And, and then I don't really eat until I'm hungry. That like takes all of the edge off in the morning of all the things. And, um, I also, um, my work is a very productivity driven, um, kind of work at the moment. And I, I really stick to making a to-do list before I even get started. Like I think about all the things that I need to try to make happen and, and writing that down helps too. So I guess that's my morning routine now that made a big difference for me. It, it is amazing. I do the same. I, I go on off and on on that. Um, Jen, the same, you know, like I, there's days when I won't do it and I feel it. You're like, Oh, all I'm doing is writing down everything that's in my head. But there's something about just putting it on paper, seeing exactly what you have to do, prioritizing it a little bit, you know, realizing what you can actually push until Wednesday or Friday or whatever it happens to be. Um, instead of right. having it like cloud up, like, Oh my God, I got to get it done. And I got to do this and I got to do that. And, um, I don't know, there's just something that's very, just kind of so simple, but so incredibly cleansing about it. I, um, glad you found that well. It helps the overwhelm, like the, like, and I I can tend to fall off in that overwhelm pool, you know, like, oh my God, I got to do this. And then I got to plan my food and I got to cut up the food and I got to make the smoothie. And and then I got 17 million things to do at work. And then somebody asked me to help them with their laundry. And I'm like, holy crap, that's what puts me over the edge. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Just before we started recording, I got a text from my kids, a group text about laundry. And I was just like, really? Really? This is what we need to talk about via text in the middle of the day. And all the people in my house are old enough to do their own laundry, so. Oh, yeah. Same here. Same here. Yep. (laughs) So, and you said you're working a little bit on hormones. I know Sarah asked you about that, but have you had any insight or is that, or is that just something that you've kind of you prioritized just the stress in turning off the news and getting your routine going first? Well, yeah. So I have, um, kind of, I think I've found the balance for the moment uh-huh, on, that's great. on the hormone supplement. So I, I supplement just a teeny bit of estrogen and progesterone and testosterone. And right as we did our first podcast, I just started the testosterone and it's not a lot, but it makes a big difference. It's like, um, it helps the go, you know, it helps the energy and, sure. um, it just makes me feel leveler. Um, I do still plan to do a Dutch test, but, um, Jen and I are like 
working out the time and on that because my periods are not predictable. And so I've screwed it up one month and then I missed it the next. Sure, <laughs> so sure. still that's still in process. Absolutely. So I feel like her eating plan just just adds a whole nother dimension mm-hmm. on how good I feel and, and how that has made the biggest difference. Um, so, and what are the, I'm curious about the, the, so you, you're supplementing three hormones. Are they all in one? Is, are, is it a gel? Is it a pill? Is it a suppository? I mean, like, what is, <laughs> what are we talking here? Well, yeah. Um, so I, I actually go to a gynecologist that specializes in menopause and mm. she, I, I had gone to my primary care doctor at first and he started me on um, a like a perimenopausal birth control pill, if you will. And that didn't work well at all. So mm-hmm. she, and then I went to see her and, you know, because I was a little nervous as a nurse with the implications of, um, you know, the hormone therapy, you know, the mm-hmm. blood clots, side effects and things like that. We decided on an estrogen patch mm-hmm. It's like a twice a week patch. You just stick it on. And um, I swear, I, I spent a day in the spa and it never came off. So <laughs> estrogen patch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a testosterone cream. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a lotion. And then it's a progesterone peel. And you take the progesterone at night. Um, I do the testosterone in the morning um, just after a shower because it absorbs better and, you know, the testosterone is what you have to monitor because, you know, women do have testosterone, but we just don't want a whole lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get, you know, while we were regulating it, I was getting blood draws about every month to see where I was and make sure I wasn't getting too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And, and what sort of changes do you notice from them? Um, and is this going, is this treading in TMI territory? Close, but mm-hmm. I'm, game okay let's go um (laughs) (laughs) depends on what you guys want to cut out Um, I just like there there were a few little um like you just you just have to you want to have sex with your husband because you love your husband but but Mm. your body doesn't cooperate kind of Mm -hmm. thing yep you guys can read as much as you want into that Mm -hmm. um it's good in your head because you have to think through it, but you don't have the response in the way. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this is way too TMI. My, my bladder was weak. Oh, Like there was a whole lot more leakage mm. um, without the supplementation. And I think that's just because everything in there kind of sags a bit more when you don't have the estrogen and progesterone. Mm-hmm. Night sweats, all those, those night sweats, day sweats, anytime hot flashes that went away mm-hmm. um i felt um way when i first started on the estrogen the progesterone i just felt like very reactive like i could just i was a little angry mm-hmm. um and and not just just i felt like things got out of my mouth before i could put a check on them mm-hmm. that's one thing i noticed with the estrogen supplementation you know and the hot flashes and, you know, you just all of a sudden you're soaked and you're like, what? <laughs> and so the es- the estrogen and progesterone helps with that. I think the testosterone, I can tell with just my energy level is better. I feel like I can just, 
I, I'm, I can stay up and do all day long. I mean, we have a farm. We work from daylight till dark mm-hmm. and then we eat supper, you know, so it's, it's a pretty long day in my world in the summer. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so insightful. And I think that that's going to help a ton of people, Jennifer. So I hope that you, I mean, thank you for sharing because I think well, there, there are a lot yeah, of us in that position that I think would be hard to admit even to ourselves, let alone put on a podcast. So, um, so thanks. Well, and I think the, the hormone replacement that our mothers did is so much different than it is now. Cause my mom was scared when I said, Hey, I'm going to do this. Cause I don't, feel good and and she was like you check it out do all the things but there are such just teeny doses that make such a big difference and and my my gynecologist says you know we 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 can do this until you don't want to do it anymore Mm -hmm. and I really appreciated that you know at some point some of the things that I experienced are not going to be as important to me but at 49 oh wait 48 (laughs) Uh, my husband turned 49 last weekend um you're two separate people (laughs) yeah but at 48 I mean I got a lot to do and and be and you know be for him and all that so wow yeah Yeah. I I think it's also so important that you found a doctor who is you know current thinking and 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 up to date in 2019 because there are still doctors who are like, oh, no, estrogen supplements. Oh, those are very, very bad for you. You don't want to do that. Right. And that took some time. So, you know, anybody who's thinking about that, really think about it. It just, it takes a while to get, to figure it out. It was very frustrating in the beginning because, and I was nervous and I, I had actually a few too, I had too much estrogen at one point and, mm. and, you know, TMI again, that makes you think you have breast cancer. So mm. we, you know, that made all kinds of changes happen there. Mm-hmm. And that was a little scary, but mm-hmm. it was just too much estrogen. So it's, it's very much a trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, to well, get it right. did you find, um, Jennifer, I'm just curious, was it, is it an OBGYN who specializes in like perimenopause and menopausal women? Um, I mean, yes. oh, a couple around here. So if someone's looking for that, I would look for that specialty, right? Yes. You don't want Women's specialty and a doctor that does not deliver babies all the time, because that's a totally separate mm-hmm. hormonal issue. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, she's specializing in gynecological, um, imbalance. I think I forget exactly what her title is, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But asking around or searching around for someone like that, I think is helpful because yeah, they're, they're, they're two different. It's like, couldn't be any different, <laughs> more different, even though they're the same, same female body yeah. and same female re- reproductive system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I live in the Bible belt too. So this is people don't like to talk about this stuff still down yeah. here in the yeah. South. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're from the South. I didn't know that. <laughs> 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 Ba-boom-cha. Uh, <laughs> um, well, let's, um, it, it's, it's a little bit still TMI. I appreciate your, your candor. So I, you know, m- my best running friend, Molly and I, we talk about our belly jiggles a lot when we run. And so is this a topic that you discuss among your running friends? And, and if so, like what insights or advice have you gained from them? Because for me talking about with Molly really kind of normalizes it and, and reminds me that no, we're not all Heidi Klum and that, you know, that we got these bodies because we've been through a lot and, and just, you know, we're, we're not 18 anymore. Agreed. And, and I have to check myself 
on that a lot because mm -hmm. you know we I, I don't I don't want to be 18 anymore but <laughs> I also am not be ready to be considered o older you know yes. I, I still feel younger and I, I don't want to I don't want to put myself there because I feel like if you if you start believing that you're you're older or too old or you can't do then then those things start happening to you mm -hmm. um I have to explain my my three best running buddies are my sister and we there's nothing that we don't share so Good. yeah we you know she got the thighs and i got the belly so we, <laughs> you know, she has a very flat stomach i'm very jealous but i would never tell her that hope she don't listen <laughs> and my other two best running buddies are a nurse practitioner and an act actually an endocrinologist so we always talk medicine. Yeah. So we we talk about what what diet and, and how we're not going to plan on getting diabetes and you know because that's what they do all the day long treat diabetes. So um, it kind of comes in and we've tested out a lot of diets in the past, um, things like that. So we we do talk about how we wish things would be different, um, but but also we we do a lot of miles together so we appreciate the fact that our body can handle that i mean mm -hmm. i did 11 last weekend on on a beautiful trail in um, virginia and i just i appreciate the fact that my body does that for me mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah so i mean that is so huge i mean mm -hmm. yeah especially as you i mean i know we no, you're not getting older jennifer you're the only one out of anyone listening to this or the three of us that's not getting older but that's, that's great. I mean, your, your um, perspective is so, is great. And I understand yeah. you want to change it a little bit, but then when you can zoom out and be like, oh my God, look what I can do. And, um, and your laugh and your insight, I just, I mean, dude, we all need a best running friend like you, right? Yeah. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sucks for them is I really like to run by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Most days. <laughs> But I do have to say, like, now working with Jen, I mean, she's really tweaked how I eat. And, and we we put a lot of, a lot more fat in my diet mm. and taking carbohydrates out in the morning and put them in the evening. And I think, you know, Ellie, one of her tips was to unprocess the carbs. And I really, I, I was doing okay on that. And now I'm doing, like, a lot better on that. And mm. I feel that a lot of my belly fat and my fatigue, you know, just, just feeling bloated was due to the way my diet was structured. Mm -hmm. So I honestly, I don't know if you have this on your list to ask, I have like lost and gained three or four pounds through all this. So I've had some really fun vacations this summer. <laughs> um, and I, I don't feel as bloated which mm. makes my belly feel more normal. Like mm -hmm, I'm sure. not all spending all day trying to like put it back where it's supposed to be because it's not bloated. Yeah, uh -huh. that's uh -huh. a huge, yeah. And unpro okay. unprocessing your carbs. I mean, I'm sure people probably know this, but just to remind people, it's like, you know, potatoes over potato chips, fruit instead of fruit loops, roasted chickpeas instead of crackers. Um, and, and one of Ellie's points about that is that and, and Stephanie too. I mean, they both kind of have similar, like eat real food, eat real food, do not unwrap your food um, mentality is that it's, it's so much harder to overindulge, right? It's like mm -hmm. sweet potato, you're done with a sweet potato. 
you open a bag of potato chips and, you know, and it can be half gone before you even realize what you've done, you know? Yeah. And, and getting enough fat, I think has made a big difference for me because I'm, I'm more satiated, like with energy bites and things that, that just, when I need something sweet, go, having something to go to that's not chips or Oreos. And, and I was not a big processed food eater, but it's just a little bit more made a big difference on processing. Absolutely. Awesome. awesome. Well, it has been a pleasure talking with you again, Jennifer. Thank you so much. Yeah. Anytime. Well, and if you All come right. to Colorado, you got to run with me. I'm going to make you. So <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'll be my running friend for I'm, three miles. <laughs> I'm a little shorter than you, though, so you'll have to take it easy on me. That's, uh, it's all good. It's all good. Take yeah, care. And I would like, if anybody has any questions related to my experience with getting right on the hormones, I'll be glad to answer any questions via Facebook. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And you can also write into um, Bammer, B-A-M-R at anothermotherrunner.com. And we can get those to Jennifer as well. If you're not on Facebook or you can't find her or whatever, Um, Mm -hmm. we'd love to help for sure. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thank you, Jennifer. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Our next repeat guest is Heather Dietrich Cook, who spoke to us about her concern about the picky eating habits of her teenage daughter. Glad you could join us again, Heather. Not a problem. Happy to have you here. And so, Heather, give us a give us a four one one on kind of your weighty matters issue with your daughter. Um, so my daughter is a dancer, um, and she's an athlete. Um, she dances quite a few hours during the school year per week. Um, and I was just concerned because it didn't seem like she was eating correctly to fuel her body. And I was interested in um, having some tips to um, sort of guide her in um, a way that would help her with her craft and her passion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So was your daughter receptive to you seeking advice about her situation? And has she been open to making some changes? Yeah, she actually has. Um, it's surpri- And she actually was taking a nutrition class during the school year. Oh, and wow. um, interesting enough, she brought home a recipe that she liked from it. So it's nice. still hanging on my fridge waiting for us to make because um, we just got back from Nationals for Dance last um, Monday, a week ago. So um, we're going to make that soon. And wait, wait, we have to, yeah, what's the recipe? We have to ask. It's uh, buffalo chicken mac and cheese. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, she has really strange tastes. Um, when we were, we went to Virginia beach for nationals, she would, um, she was eating oysters on the half shell raw. Mm -hmm. Um, she likes sushi and fish, but, um, I do have to remind her to make sure that, um, she has protein with her meals and she started getting fresh with me the other day saying, well, Um, I can make anything protein I want. And I was like, you can make real protein. And she started laughing. So she was just uh, kidding with me. But um, she is being really receptive um, to my suggestions and does um, does um, take what I'm saying to heart and will go and have a sandwich um, with some lunch meat on it or some chicken nuggets, or a salad with grilled chicken on it. 
Great. Nice. And the salad, yeah. so hearing some vegetables, that's a good sign as well. Where was yeah, she- well, I'll get the roll, the rolly eyes with that one, but. <laughs> <laughs> did did she, did, will she eat more vegetables or is she, give us a, a, an update on her vegetables? Um, yes. No, so that's something we're working on, but uh-huh. um you know, I'll make a, I make a tomato mozzarella salad and she'll eat all the mozzarellas. And oh, come on. Come on. Caprese salad is one of life's greatest pleasures and you got to eat know. them together. So I have to like, <laughs> like when she was little, I'll just put a few tomatoes on there and she'll get annoyed, but she'll eat them. So uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, we'll just make it work with what we have now. And, uh, Hopefully by the time she goes off to college in two years, uh, it'll be a little bit better with the vegetables. <laughs> well, that's a good step in the right direction, right? It's baby yeah. steps, right? I mean, so that's the thing. We can't be like, okay, so did she overhaul her whole diet in the past? No, week? no. Heather, why yeah. not? <laughs> yeah. No, that would, uh, that would be, uh, you know, especially with a teenager, that would be an immediate, uh, I'm going to run away and do the complete opposite of what you're telling me to do. Exactly. So, Exactly. Yeah. So, so did making these changes, like, did they spur, did these changes spur any other changes that maybe the, that we didn't recommend? Like, is it, you know, prompted? I mean, I'm pretty amazed she's eating oysters on the half shell. Yeah, she's uh, the most interesting case of, of anybody. I, I mean, it's just perplexing to me um, what she'll eat and what she won't eat. Um, it, so outside of that, she has... Um, spurred an interest in trying to um, keep her body in shape for the season, the dance season over the summer by doing um, some at home exercises. So I think that, you know, you know, she's starting to understand that her body is her, um, her tool, and Mm -hmm. she needs Mm -hmm. to um, care for it. That's great. Mm -hmm. great. Um, So go ahead, Sarah. Oh, I was going to say, you know, what attitudinal advice would you give parents trying to get their children to expand their dining repertoire? You know, I mean, you obviously realize that if you push too hard, it's you're you're going to get a backlash. I mean, I'm reminded of the old adage: you can you can lead a horse to water, you know, because you can't force your right. kids at so, any age to eat things. I think when they get to be big and like big, as far as like they look like an adult. Um, but they're not an adult, you still need to try and treat it like the same as when they were a toddler or um, a preschooler and just, uh, except in different language, use different language. Um, (laughs) More complete sentences, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, use different language, but like um, just um, continue to make the suggestions, um, continue to um, offer things and um you know and hope that they will accept mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so caprese salad over and over and over again until well tomatoes just get sneak, eaten. sneak the little tomatoes in <laughs> yeah because <Yeah. laughs> that, that could get pretty pricey if you you know served up caprese salad yeah. every night so. oh yeah definitely definitely <laughs> Um, and what about overall, like, is have like your grocery list changed at all or anything that like that has reverberated throughout your whole family? Has anything, um, you know, just having listened to Jill's advice, Jill Castle, the dietitian. Um, so a lot of the things that she likes, um, I don't necessarily think that we 
we're actually buying because they're not necessarily the healthiest for you. Mm-hmm. But um, with Jill saying that some protein is better than no protein. So um, I think that I've been purchasing more lunch meats and um, like frozen chicken nuggets, um, stuff that I'm not really a huge fan of buying. Mm-hmm. But with Jill saying that, um, you know, trying to get any pro- get protein in her more and any protein is better than no protein, that um, that's what I've been buying more of. And she has it has led to her eating better um, actual meals. Mm-hmm. So, Sam, so sandwiches seem yeah, to be a winner. Sandwiches are a big winner. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Chicken nuggets. <laughs> so it makes you feel any better heather it's still a staple around you know what i just yeah. you know what? You, got, you gotta just go with it i mean amelia's you know so she's 16 still yeah. nuggets and fries i mean she would eat that for dinner probably three nights a week if i let her you know I yeah let her eat I eat it once and then she'll probably have it for lunch one time in the summertime too and it's it's fine right you know there yeah it's not it's not perfect but it's not awful either right right so. mm-hmm. Right, right. And I think just realizing that, you know, I'm so sorry my dog is barking. That's okay. Um, <laughs> it's real. I, like all of this, it's real. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think just realizing that um, going for the good enough mentality, you know, something is better than nothing and you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be good enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an important reminder, you know, running, parenting, nutrition, the whole, it, Yeah, we, we, you know, just I think we all need that tattoo, pretty much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we'll continue. Good luck. And um, particularly once the dance season kicks off again in the fall. And uh, thanks for updating us, Heather. Thank yeah. you. Take care. Have a great right. rest of your summer. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Our final follow-up guest is Amanda Arsvold a Minnesota mother runner with three daughters who is having difficulty giving herself grace when she looks in the mirror or at photos. That was why she originally came on. So let's um, welcome back, Amanda. Hi, guys. Hello, hello. You were, um, before we ask about your post, you were like in the middle of like 17 huge things, like a move, a job change, like maybe you were giving birth at the same time. Like remind us all the things (laughs) that were going on when we were talking to you. Well, I'm a mom of three. I work full time, no job change, but we did just buy a house a couple weeks ago. Um, and so, yeah, it's been busy with packing and selling and buying and all of that kind of stuff. And so, um, and then I threw triathlon mix into the mix and, and um, yeah, we're, we're having fun. It's a busy summer. <laughs> Good attitude. Fun in quotation marks. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Lots, lots of paper plates and microwave dinners. Is that what I'm hearing? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Well, and then our, our dishwasher went out the other week. And so, yeah, it, it, truly paper plates. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's, it's, it's the gift of summer. I, you know, I, I'm sorry for the planet, but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Exactly. Um, okay. So we found you on a post on many happy miles. And so can you kind of summarize for us what you were feeling about your body? Um, it was one, it was one moment where you were having a lovely uh, evening out with your husband and, um, and you didn't feel that joy when you looked at the picture, correct? Yeah, we had gone out for a, a charity event and, you know, you, three kids, we don't take a whole lot of time just for the two of us to go out and get dressed up. And so, you know, I'd, I'd taken that time and, and um, felt really good and was excited about it. And then, you know, I saw the pictures the next day and kind of was disappointed and just didn't feel like it was the same picture that I was 
or the same, I didn't get the same feeling that I had had the night before and uh, was a little disappointed, definitely. Sure, sure. And I think a lot of us can relate to that, right? You're like, wait, it, first of all, why don't I look the way that I think that I do? And then why didn't I appreciate that? Like when I was like 21, <laughs> you know, when I was still <laughs> picking myself apart in pictures when I was 21, when I should have just been like, look at you, you're off. Anyway. Exactly. Um, so, um, so talk about um, any success and did you make any mental shifts in how you perceive your body or has that opportunity come up to, to reevaluate pictures or anything like that? Um, I guess I haven't done it from that perspective, but I really liked the, you know, the part of the conversation about um, we got to stop focusing, just taking the focus off of what I look like and, and, and what I can accomplish and what I am doing. And, um, you know, 10 years ago, yeah, I might've looked different in a bikini, but um, I wasn't running. I wasn't, you know, the, the idea of running a half marathon wasn't even in the picture. I wasn't even willing to run a mile. And, um, you know, if you had told me even five years ago that I was going to even think about a sprint triathlon, and I, I would have laughed at you. And so, um, you know, and, and now here I am in week seven, and it's like, where did this girl come from? And so it's really trying to focus on that side of the coin and, and um, looking at all of those wins and um, not letting the, the scale in that mirror define how I feel on any given day. Because right now I feel strong. Um, and who cares if I can wear a bikini? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that gives me the chills. And I'm so psyched for you because I love triathlon. You're going to love oh, it. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll see. Oh, You're going to love it. a lot it. of weeds in these lakes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is true. This is true. I don't know that. Which, which lake is the, um, is, the, is the race in? Lake Phelan and um, St. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. And are you, run, are you swimming in open water right now or do you, are you just practicing in the pool? Cool. Yeah. Okay. That's a good choice. That's a good choice. With all those, with all those 10,000 lakes there in that state of yours, are there many opportunities for open water swimming in the Twin Cities? Well, I live south of the metro. And so mm. we actually are surrounded by farmland and we do not have good lakes. Mm. So um, there really aren't. I mean, if I wanted to, I could drive an hour plus, but oh, um, oh, yeah, yeah we're, there's not a whole lot of opportunity if you, mm -hmm. if you want to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah well and the good news about the the weeds yeah you're probably going to touch some but i the, i really i mean i know that there's a lot of i know that sharks in open water are a very rare occurrence but they're in every triathlon that i've ever done they're there and um and so i just remind myself that everyone else is out there with you so whatever's lurking is not going to get you first that's what i was <laughs> And, so. and and I have to say, when Dimity says they're there, I believe she means in her mind, not actually. Oh well, you know, it, it, science will tell us one day. Just 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 let it be noted that I said that today. So. <laughs> anyway, I know we're getting way off topic here, but I hear you. I hear you on the open water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, so did you put into practice any of the suggestions that the expert uh, gave you? Um. I'm trying to remember back. It's been a little while. Yeah, a while. I know, right? You haven't done anything between now and then. I mean, some of the stuff that she talked about was like, you know, um, would you say that to a friend, the stuff that you're saying, um, write some things out, um, you know, be a little bit more picky with your social media use, um, mm -hmm. and then remember the people that you're influencing, right? Yeah, Which and I think, you know, the talking, you know, being conscious of who you're talking with it about and then who you're influencing are definitely things that I've, um, at, when she said those, I went, oh yeah, that, that, you know, I, I'm not going to 
I would never talk to a friend like that. And so why would I talk to me like that? And, and um, so I definitely, that one kind of resonated. And I also liked the, you know, controlling your social media and um, who you're having these conversations with. And there are definitely people that are in my life that are willing to listen to it for a minute. And then, okay, let's just go enjoy those margaritas because right now that's what we're doing. And let's, you know, it's, it's time to have fun and, and not, um, not focus on that side of it. Um, and then once again, we talked about it last time, but having three little girls and making sure that they see that we can go out and have fun and, and do these things. And, um, there's no way I'm going to sit on the sidelines and, and not get in a swimsuit because of what I look like. Um, Cause I don't want my girls to be picking up on that behavior. And I, and, and, and frankly, I don't want to miss out on this time. And so um, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, and this is, this might be a, com- a, a much bigger conversation, but do you feel like that's changed? A little? I mean, I really see, you know, my teenage daughter and her friends, like they, don't seem self-conscious at all. And it's just lovely. I, I mean, what about your daughter, Sarah, and your daughters, Amanda? I'm just, and not to put you on the spot, but I'm just curious. I feel like there's been a little bit of a shift. Oh man, body posse. That's, it's all about the, you know, you can just be the way, this is who you are. You know, th- this is me, love, or, love it or lump it. I don't care. Uh, yeah. you know, there, was a, there was a post a couple of weeks ago, I think in many happy miles where someone was asking about, um, makeup for their daughter and and a couple of us kind of spun off on that and you know my oldest is only eight and so she's still young but we are are already getting into the you know why do I have hair on my legs but so and so doesn't and um you know my oldest and my middle are very different body types my oldest is very athletic and um very strong like naturally very muscular um which lends to thicker looking thighs it's all muscle um Mm -hmm. whereas my middle has little tiny bird legs um and 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 so they do i do catch them occasionally making comments about things like that and um so i wish i could say i was with you dimity but uh, i I don't we're not feeling that here and yeah well it might be yeah sorry i I talked over you that whole time but yes i hear you and i also it might also be different as they get older um you know um but again like and maybe i see what i want to see but i do feel like I don't see a lot of the um, insecurities that, or maybe, maybe, well, maybe I was internalizing more, you know, I don't know. It's hard. I just, I do feel like there's been a small shift. I mean, is it, is it exactly where we need to be? Of course not, but is it a step in the right direction? Absolutely. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think also um, just showcasing bodies in a very different manner and, um, you know, I think some moms, myself included, sometimes are like, oh, really? Uh, another day without wearing a bra, you know, and that, but that, <laughs> but that, but that it's, you know, that there's, there's just such a um, acceptance of, of if you have a problem with the way I look, that's your problem, not my problem. You know, the whole thing of, you know, when girls, you know, you hear in the news about a girl getting sent home from school because she's wearing, not wearing a bra. And it's like, she has that right to wear, to not, to choose what she wears. It's, the if it's bothering the boys then it's the boys problem not the not the girls problem totally yeah 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 well that that feels i i mean not to stereotype that feels like a very portland centric issue (laughs) i knew you were gonna say no 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 my no no no. i I don't see those that the bra issue you know swirling around any denver schools yet or i have not i have not oh wow minnesota um, i would imagine not but i could i mean especially because amanda's daughters are younger so she probably yeah 
world. Wow. Cause uh, you know, cause my best friend lives in Brooklyn and she and I like, I thought, Oh my gosh, it's just my girls, you know, like, and Oh my gosh, no. She's like, what is up with girls not wearing bras? Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, so it's, it's the coast. It's, it's the, it's the trendy coast. (laughs) People need to tweet us. Are, are, are your teens wearing bras? Um, so yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh. (laughs) Well, well, cool. So Amanda, so looking forward, I mean, I want to just, you know, let's put you at the end of your triathlon, which you're going to be awesome in, and you'll have all the seaweed off you by the time you finish the run. So that's good. And, um, and you have this awesome finishing picture. What are you going to, what are you going to focus on? Oh boy. That's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting question. Cause I, um, I've been just trying to figure out what exactly I'm going to wear for my triathlon mm-hmm. and, um, you know, cause regular bike shorts aren't going to cut it. Um, and I was, I was in, just caught myself in the mirror the other night looking at it going triathlon clothes or biking clothes are literally the worst thing you can do to yourself from a body positivity thing. Cause it's all tight and spandex. So I'm going to really have to challenge myself on that one to, uh, to figure out how to, how to change my focus. Cause yeah, those, those shorts I, I are not. They're, 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 they, they, they are a little sausage like for sure, but I would, I would flip it. And I do think that there's something to this. They also like streamline you, yes. you know, so you're not in a big, you know, XL cotton t-shirt, not that that's what you wear, but you know what I'm saying? True. Like, it, you know, so, you know, and so you can see the muscles in your legs, you can see, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I hear you. It's, it does feel a little bit like, oh my gosh, I'm wearing like a leotard on a public stage. Um, <laughs> be, glad, be glad that, you know, the days of like racing in just your swimsuit are over, right? <laughs> yep. to, those pros used to do that where, you know, they jump on the bike and then run. And I'm like, oh my God, can you imagine running a marathon in a swimsuit? Oh, oh my Lord. Yeah. I, but, I'm more worried about the bike. Goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you need a little padding, but let me know if you need some help finding some, some, some triathlon shorts. There, uh, you know, they are, there are some out there that can work for you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Well, good to catch up with you, Amanda and good luck in your triathlon. Thank you so much. Thanks. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye. All right. Well, Dimity's going to do a Q&A now with our mother runner of the month. Her name is Sarah Moore Noakes. Take it away. Hello, hello, everybody. It's Dimity here with our mother runner of the month from June. So excited to talk to Sarah Moore Noakes, who is the mom of two and um, a runner in Nina. Is that how you say it? Nina, Wisconsin, Sarah? Yep. Awesome. Welcome. How are you, Sarah? Thank you. I, I'm delighted and honored to be in this group of a uh, very small group of women. Well, you know, there's <laughs> so many months, but you know, we're all mother runners of the month and, and yeah. in day, but it's fun to honor people who have unique stories. And that's one that you have. I mean, so, for, so first of all, your sister Judith nominated you. You guys are both at the Eau Claire retreat and yeah. so fun to have you both there. So talk a little bit about your relationship with Judith um, as far as it goes with running. Yeah, so um, we don't run together because she's faster than I am, and also because we live a couple hours apart, and we're both incredibly busy mothers with lots going on, and so uh, we don't we don't have an opportunity to run together. But we talk about running all the time. I think I have dragged her to most of the races that she's done, so that's okay. when I get to spend time with her. Right? I'll I'll say, okay, here here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna both sign up for this race. So actually, for Eau Claire, I was the one who encouraged her to participate we were both gonna run the half i ran the 5k she ran the <laughs> half she did great 
that's a good that's good yeah. influence that's that's yeah. you know that's the kind we of peer really pressure have, we like we have a lot of fun and um running is something that we uh both uh want to be doing more of and don't always have the time for so we can commiserate with one another about that quite a bit sure yeah. well and she said that she was pretty sure well, she, she said you got her into running and she said she's pretty sure that you've gotten other people into running. Do you remember converting yeah. her to a, run, a runner or bringing her out on a run or? Well, I ran my first marathon, or I mean, sorry, I've not run a marathon, my first half marathon in 2008. And I'm pretty sure that was her first uh, half as well. Okay. And, and I think basically I wanted someone to train with, right. I wasn't going to be with her, but I wanted someone to be able to call and complain to and yep. put, hold, hold me accountable and all that kind of stuff. So I'm pretty sure that that's how it happened. Um, that I believe that half marathon to date remains her PR. So I feel, I feel like I should, you know, have some part of that. Like yeah. I helped her get that PR. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the glory. Yeah. 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 Well, and then the other thing that she brought up in her nomination, in addition to you being a, an inspiration and just one of those people that is always, you know, bringing the baby wipes and the Vaseline and the goo, <laughs> and the you know, you, you, you are like a, a very, you, you, I'm the mother. <laughs> you, yeah. You epitomize the mother part of mother runner, which is yeah. great. We all need that person in our lives. Um, is that when you were around 40, she said that you were diagnosed with um, a genetic heart is it a disease? Is it a disorder? Like I wasn't the sure what the right word is. Syndrome. A syndrome. Genetic heart. So it's a genetic heart arrhythmia and it's called long QT syndrome. Okay. And, and basically there are two kinds of heart problems. There's plumbing problems, which is like when you have a clogged something and there's electrical problems uh, where the electrical impulses don't work just right. And that's what long QT is. It's an electrical impulse issue. Okay. And, and I were... found out, yeah, I found out completely by accident because I got, I had an EKG for something else unrelated completely unrelated turned out to not be an issue but when i was in the er the doc said hmm you should uh you know get that checked out <laughs> which started me on a very long path of many 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 um medical appointments and uh trying to figure out what this really was all about yeah so when you got so tell us what long long qt yeah so long qt um it, the the qt is the refers to the waves on an EKG. So uh, if you're picturing in your mind while you're running, wherever you are, the <laughs> little wave pattern that shows up on an EKG, those um, peaks uh, have, have letters assigned to them. And so when um, long QT happens in someone, it means that the distance between the Q wave and the T wave is elongated or prolonged. And what that means is that the heart doesn't recharge quite as quickly as it, it is supposed to after okay. it has had a heartbeat. And so if it doesn't recharge fast enough, the heart can seize um, or it can go into cardiac arrest. And okay. so when they see an elongated or a prolonged QT on an EKG, then that's a signal that there might, there is potential for those things to happen. So this, the, the, it manifests as fainting seizures or sudden death. Those are kind of the options. The three, the three choices. Um, right. Well, and um, not, not none are good, of course. Um, and it's brought on by stress, or that 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 kind of it's brought on by stress and exercise. Correct. So That's my particular variety is right. So they're okay. also, in addition to the long QT being those letters that represent waves, they are numbered. The genetic mutations are numbered. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, up to seventeen. Okay. One, two, and three are the most common. One okay. is induced often by stress or um, 
exercise, and it's, it has to do with the way that adrenaline reacts with, or interacts with your heart. Okay. It's actually a, a potassium channel defect, which is way more technical than we need to get into because I don't entirely understand it. But it, it, the drugs that I take keep adrenaline from reacting with the heart muscle so that um, it lowers the possibility of those electrical impulses going awry. It's okay. kind of the easiest way to say it. Okay. All right. Well, and so... I mean, I, I know per, personally, I feel like if that, if that were my situation, I would be like, okay, I'm going to hit the couch forever. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, you know, you imagine your first impulse is just to be like, okay, well, what can, I mean, well, tell us what your first impulse right. is. You put in your my mind. first impulse was um, sort of like, uh, uh, no, no, nope, that's, nope, no, yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I'm doing. Um, so there are, there are activities that swimming is particularly high risk because, of course, if you have a heart incident in the water, not only have you had a heart incident, but you're at risk of drowning. So really swimming is uh, strongly recommended against in a lot of cases. Um, but more and more physical activity is, uh, is becoming allowable. So maybe in the last five to 10 years, uh, much more research has been done on lung QT okay. and how people can continue to live active lifestyles. Um, prior to maybe 10 years ago, pretty much the recommendation was stop. Don't, don't do anything because you're just, we don't know what the risk is and you're at risk and you should not do that. That is no longer the sort of generic recommendation. And now there's a lot more nuance available and it's really depends upon what your variety is and what your risk is and whether you've been symptomatic. I mean, there's a whole bunch of ways that that gets diagnosed. Okay. I personally felt uh, completely devastated by this news because I became a runner in my early adulthood and it really kind of alluded to this when I wrote some of the uh, bits for the blog post. It really formed who I am. Like I am a runner. That is part of my identity. And so this cardiologist who I spent exactly 10 minutes with telling me that I, yeah, I really shouldn't do that anymore. I, I basically wouldn't even give him the time of day. I couldn't, I couldn't, um, I just couldn't. Well, it's a lot so, to wrap your head around. And it was a lot. Yeah. 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 So, um, well, so, so you are a runner still and you, and you have, as you've been for a, decades and tell us kind of how you mitigate the risk with the reward. Yeah. So I have come a long way. A lot of it is a mental game for me. I mean, you know, when I got that diagnosis, because I'm asymptomatic, I've never had an incident. Thank goodness. Sure. There are runners who have, um, but, but, um, because there wasn't a physical manifestation, a lot of what changed was my knowing that I had this, right? That, that was what changed in that moment. And so a lot of the um, obstacles that I face now running have to do with my ability to get out of my brain, sure. to, to do the things that I know are safe that will keep me as safe as I can possibly be while remaining active, but to not let my brain sort of get carried away with what the possibilities are. Sure. Um, and so I spend a lot of time like, you know, breathing deeply and thinking about other things and um, making good choices around not running by myself and, you know, doing all those things that are important to keep me safe if something were to happen. But yeah. really, it's, it is for me, and very specifically for me, not for everybody with long QT, but for me, it's a mind game more than anything else. Sure. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, and I, I have to say you got, so you had this appointment, you know, you got your kind of first diagnosis and then so like three days later, you're supposed to be on a marathon relay TV. <laughs> yes. Is that right? So yes. jump, I mean, did you jump right back on that horse? Because I, that I did. probably was 
healing a little bit, right? It was, it was huge for me to do that. And, and I wasn't kidding. I, I said to the car, I, I told the cardiologist and, and really more the nurse who was kind of helping me sort this out. Like in our local marathon, which is incredibly well organized and incredibly well run, there are more uh, medical professionals and AEDs on that course in our town than there are anywhere else that weekend, right? Like I was going to be fine if something happened, but to, to like go and to do the relay and to run and to kind of have this sort of like, I don't really know what my risk is. And I just started medication. So I felt weird, you know, there was all this stuff. Um, but to, to do it was huge. It was absolutely huge. And I, I'm not actually sure if I had, if I had bailed on that race, I don't know if I would have kept running or yeah. not. It, yeah. it might've been the, the end of it for me. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, fortunate timing in a very unfortunate situation, huh? Yeah. You know, just yeah. way to spin that. Well, and so, I mean, you, you are obviously in a very special situation, but I know there are a lot of people that come up against whether it's disease or, you know, mm-hmm. some, you know, an injury or a family circumstance where they're just like, oh my God, every inch of me, everything, all the signs are pointing to not running anymore. Right. But holy cow, what am I going to do if I don't do this? Right. And so kind of, you know, as more general perspective, obviously not medical, um, yeah. but how do you help? What's your advice for somebody who's, who's hit a roadblock like you did so hard? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're right. We all have them. So my line often is when I, when I say to somebody, oh, I can't do that or I'm not going to do that because of this thing. And they look at me like, oh, that sounds really big and serious. And I say, well, you know, everybody's got something, right? Pretty yeah. much everybody's got something. Sure. And, um, I think that this this has provided me with a, a lot of opportunity to be graceful with myself, right? So I don't, um, I no longer feel the need to push it. I My running is in fits and starts. Actually, ironically, as the mother of the month runner, I'm not getting that right, of June, <laughs> I've done very little running in June because running in the heat is particularly difficult for me right now. Sure. Um, so, but, but that's okay. I know I'll get back to it. So, I mean you know, if you're facing one of those major obstacles, you got to just sort of take a step back, take a breath. I do think we kind of all go through that. Like there's the anger, there's grieving, there's reconciliation, there's all of those phrases and, and everybody's going to go through those no matter what their particular issue is. And you gotta, you gotta do that. You gotta go through that. You can't just ignore it. Um, but lean on your people. Yes. Let those things unfold. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you very much. You, you, you are deserving, even if you haven't put in very many miles in June or this summer, we still <laughs> are you. in awe of your tenacity and your attitude because you know what, it's, you know, no one is out here to win the Olympics and we're all here for different reasons and yeah, proud of you for, for staying in the game. Yeah. Can I just say, uh, mother runners are really a huge part of the reason that I've stayed in the game. Like the, just the consistent, exposure to all sorts of women doing all sorts of things, whether they were running two miles or 10 miles or 200 miles. I I mean, I've just so valued the community and that's been a big part of it for me. So thank you. Well, thank you, Sarah. Thanks for being part of it. And um, good luck. So we got to know, do you have a race lined up? Have you roped Judith into something for this fall? I have not. Well, she's doing the the uh, 10-miler at Twin Cities. Oh, the 10-mile in Twin Cities. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So she's doing that. I don't currently have a race on the calendar, but uh, you know, Maybe a 10K. I don't know. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, thanks a lot, Sarah, and have a great rest of your summer. Thank you. Take care.
Okay. Oh my gosh. So that was like jam packed with mother runner, real mother runners, yeah. um, a little before and after show. I loved it. That was really fun. Yes, yes, yes. So, and if you are looking to, um, you know, get together with more mother runners, we have a way to make that happen. We have our annual uh, Ragnar Relay giveaway. You can win a chance to be on the AMR team that takes on Ragnar Trail Los Coyotes. Uh, it's in November. It's in SoCal. It will be headed up by Coach Jen, who um, coaches a lot in the Train Like a Mother Club, and she is going to be helping us pick the winners. There will be um, – it's a seven-woman team with one alternate, so Coach Jen's going to be on it. So six uh, teammates will be chosen, and then one alternate. And if you are one of the people chosen to win, you get uh, the Ragnar entry. You get a 12-week Train Like a Mother uh, relay training plan guided by – Captain Coach Jen. Uh, and then you also get um, a sampler of goo, noon, Balega socks, other gear we love, as well as a tank top and a uh, running or trucker hat from the Mother Runner store, of which we have many new hats in there. Um, so, um, and there's, we have all the details on our site. And um, if you go to anothermotherrunner.com and look for, um, if you search for Ragnar, you're going to come up with it. Um, so, and Sweet. because the way to enter is you write 400 words or less about why you want to run this Ragnar. Oh, this, is a, this is as long as the Ragnar, Sarah. Yes. And, uh, you got to enter by July 31st. So don't delay. It is a once in a lifetime opportunity. We appreciate you subscribing to and rating this podcast wherever you listen. And if you're a fan of the show, leave us a rating. No, I just said that. Hold on. We appreciate you subscribing to and rating this podcast wherever you listen. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Woo-hoo.